I think defining the why is so important. It's something that a lot of people skip. And I think that before we jump into anything, before you decide what it's going to be, define your why. Why do you want this? Like, why? Why is it? Is it because you realized that you want to have more time with your family? You realize that you can only make so much with your job. And so you want to bring in an extra stream of revenue. What would that do for your family? What would that look like for you? What would you do with that money? You know, I think you have to get really clear because that why is going to drive you on the days that you do not want to work <laughs> on e and either one of those things from there kind of reverse engineer it a little bit and say, well, how much, you know, if, if it's an income goal that you need or you want, how much do I need to make? to add to our family's income, to leave my job, you know, like define what it is that you want to reach, like have, have a plan. This is the Angles of Latitude podcast session number 167 with licensed therapist, coach and podcaster, Lisa Mustard. What you're about to hear is the integration of life. Clarity is power. If you live each day as if it was your last, someday you'll most certainly be right. Liberty. We choose to go to the moon. It's happening. And all things geek. Yeah, I'm not sure I know how to answer that. Uh, you got a badass over here. Welcome to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Hey everyone, welcome back to the show. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, JC Preston, and with me for this session is co-host Veronica Kieran. If this is the first time you're listening in, this is the show where we bring you a life lessons or a message from successful entrepreneurs, experts, athletes, and artists so that you can find and execute your own personal mission and live a lifestyle that you're proud of. You know, as we all know, life can get downright stressful and full of an unexpected roadblocks and, and things we, we we simply don't expect. And in fact, just this past week, after getting home from an impactful weekend conference and having a whole bunch of plans that I wanted to start implementing, I found myself starting to get sick on Monday. And as it kept rolling along, I realized that I was really coming down with something again and come to find out it was the flu for the third time this season. And for a good part of the week, you know, I simply was too tired to do anything. I felt like a bump on a log and not really able to make any contribution to anything. This really made me feel stuck. And that feeling of being stuck is a big reason why people feel compelled to find help, especially if they, they feel stuck over a long period of time. Um, whether that help is through a coach or a counselor, you know, people want to feel like they're not trapped and or moving forward. And in this chat today, we'll be talking to Lisa Mustard about her own journey of getting unstuck in her career, as well as her mission to help others find peace in their lives as well, whether as a therapist or a coach. More specifically, we'll be learning the similarities between her patients and coaching clients, why burnout is usually the tipping point when it comes to people wanting more happiness in their life, and how she believes the works that she's doing doesn't allow others to fall down the stress rabbit hole. But before we get to that, I want to remind you guys of the resource Uncover Your Personal Mission. 
And in the chat with Lisa, you'll find out that she's made it her focus to base her business off of her strengths. And as I mentioned in our discussion, you know, the thing is, is if you're, if you're lost, then it's going to be hard to get to where you want to be. You have to get a good read of the situation that you're in. And if you don't do this inventory, if you don't do the homework of who you are, you know, any advice will sound like good advice, even if it puts you somewhere you have no interest in being in the long term. Uh, so uncover your personal mission. It was my goal to help you figure out where you're at. And it you'll find questions that will help you find your passion, purpose, and process. And that way you don't get lost trying to be someone else when you're building your business. Again, you can grab it for free at newinceptions.com slash personal mission guide. Again, that's newinceptions.com slash personal mission guide. Okay, before we get started with this session's chat, remember to subscribe to the show on whichever platform you're listening in on. Uh, also leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well, because that still is the best way to make sure that others can find the show as well. Uh, that said, remember you can email us at heyguys@newinceptions.com with any current issues that you're going through while you're scaling your business. And again, that's heyguys@newinceptions.com. And show notes and show note extras of the show can be found at newinceptions.com slash 167. And as always, I'll be on at the end of the show to fill you in on anything we might have missed. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the show. This is JC and Veronica. Thanks for joining us and being here again. Veronica, how you been? I'm good. How's your 2020 going thus far? <laughs> it's good. Um you know, no one else knows because it's not announced yet. By the time this episode comes out, it will be. But um, I'm revamping my podcast as yeah. well. So we're, we're we're doing a relaunch and it's going to be on the radio. So um, on the everybody radio. buckle in. What? It's going to be on the radio. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's exciting. Yeah, good news. So it's been good so far. Yeah. How's your munchkin? Uh, good. He's the only one that seems to be using the... Uh the the medical insurance right now he just had another oh, emergency yeah. run like yesterday and oh, no. yeah it's it's nothing big i mean you just kind of you know when they're infants you just kind of freak out about anything so it's just like ah yeah go and it's fine especially your first yeah you know like in your fifth or sixth you're like oh you know what i've got extras it'll be fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so you know that's that's that's, that's throwing a new cog into things as you know still and we're still mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, sleep deprived and all that. But yep, 2020 is starting out well for me too. But yeah. Yay. But yeah, let's uh, kind of get into it. And you know, so one of the things that as a creative, uh, there's this question of, you know, when, when we're starting a business, do I make myself this big runway so that I can put all of my oh. energy into creating this new thing? Or should I create this new thing, this new project alongside what pays my bills, even though it'll give me a little bit more or a lot of mm. dissonance? And in my life. And for me, when I was starting my my first real business, I was still in the formal education world and, and trying to figure out how to help student entrepreneurs get off the ground. And for me, this this dissonance that I had took the form of, you know, here I am trying to teach something that in the grand scheme of things isn't that important to these individuals. And in fact, you know, it goes uh -huh. against what I really wanted to teach them was, you know, personal skills and what it actually takes to start a business and and all these other things. And here I am, you know, teaching algebra or leadership or, you know, something like that. And I, yeah. I know that when you were starting your current business, that you had some di dissonance yourself, right? 
Yeah, well, so it was because of the last business that I ran. Um, I've had dissonance actually quite a bit throughout my entrepreneurial career uh, because I started this tech company, you know, the, that I sold last year, and um, and it, I ended up creating just another job for myself. So I was living in a box, even though I thought I wanted to do more with my life and have more freedom. Um, and that's why I sold it eventually because it just wasn't the right fit for me. Um, and then on top of that, you know, I have, I have post-traumatic stress disorder from my previous career in disaster relief. And so adding layers and layers of stress, working 70 hours a week, et cetera, is bad for me. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> generally bad for everybody. Um, and so after I, you know, kind of burnt myself out, that's when I started to figure out how important self-care and work-life balance is, which, you know, I preach about all the time. Uh, but that's what I love about our guest today because, you know, she she found some dissonance with her career as well and um, just totally got stressed out in her early 40s. But she's a licensed therapist. So I found I find this interesting that she's at this intersection of experiencing a lot of the things that we've experienced as entrepreneurs. Um, but she has the toolkit. She she mm -hmm. professionally has the toolkit in order to figure it out. Because she actually um, is the one of, of the three of us that actually knows what dissonance is without explaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cognitive dissonance. Right. And so she went ahead and said, you know what? I'm not doing this this way anymore. I'm going to help myself and others uh, to take better care of themselves. And so today's guest is Lisa Mustard, who can be found at lisamustard.com. Welcome, Lisa. How are you? Hey, y'all. Thank you so much for having me. I am doing really well. And um, I had to kind of giggle at that mm -hmm. <laughs> intro just a little bit because, um, yeah, you would think that we therapists are like, we know what we're doing <laughs> when it comes to self-care and dissonance mm -hmm. and burnout and compassion fatigue. But um, you really have hit the nail on the head for what I was going through um, mm -hmm. in my, my early 40s. So. I'm really glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm so glad you are here doing what you're doing. Oh, thank you. So, uh, Lisa, uh, let's get back to a bit of a foundation here. Uh, you have 10 years of experience counseling military families and, and couples on dealing with deployment-related issues. I know that's an actual big thing because even mm -hmm. as my wife is she's only a National Guard, it, it's still even for us, it throws a wrench into the machine from time to time. So I can only imagine that people that are on full active duty, I mean, one of those things. Well, but actually, actually, JC, I work for the National Guard. That's the branch I work for. So oh I, my gosh. yeah, so I get it. Like I, I understand um, more about the National Guard than I do about active duty. So which is which is really interesting that you say that. Um, it, it's just National Guard. And to me, when I look at, and I was just on a podcast earlier this morning talking about reintegration issues for National mm. Guard service members and families, it's a very different um, in reintegration because National Guard, like you come back and you don't, you just go back into civilian world. You know, there's there's the steps, of course, the demobs and all those things that happen in between. But you don't have like this active duty base to just like seamlessly reintegrate back into. It's very different. So that's a whole other yeah. side. But no, I I don't. Please don't say that your wife is just National Guard. She is she is a hero for sure, as, as are you being the spouse and the one keeping it all together when she's not around. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate that. It's just, you know, a lot of times when when you do meet active people out in the world, it's like, oh, yeah, sorry. You I, know. Know. <laughs> I know. I know, but you guys are the they just don't they don't get it. And I but I get it. I get you guys. And yeah. Well, again, I appreciate that. And uh yeah. I'm sure Maria does as well. Uh before we get too far down the path of therapy though, let's uh let's go back a little bit. In your past life, you were actually in, in the sports and entertainment marketing world, and most notably, again, Goodwill Games and World Championship Wrestling, which to those of us who are familiar <laughs> with wrestling, that's WCW. How yeah. did that initial thing happen that you were doing all this stuff in the marketing world, but then you decided to become a therapist? Yes, that is a good question and something that I reflect <laughs> upon for <laughs> the past couple of years a good bit. So when I graduated from undergrad, I had a degree in public relations, mass communications, and I honestly just kind of fell into the world of sports marketing. I worked as an intern for the Tour DuPont, which was a cycling race. Yeah, if y'all remember that, like Lance Armstrong, that was kind of like his big, when he became Lance Armstrong, he won the 96, I think it was the 96, Tour DuPont. And from the Tour DuPont, I then, I'm from Richmond, Virginia, I moved to Atlanta and kind of followed some of the people that I worked with. They our um our director of our company took a job with Turner Sports and a lot of us just followed him down there and took on roles and jobs within the Goodwill Games and it was such a great experience i met world class athletes um i learned so much about marketing and and advertising and working for a huge corporation like Turner you know CNN Turner Entertainment was mm-hmm. just incredible um but I just started to look at other things. And then World Championship Wrestling had an opening. And I thought, well, that might be kind of neat, you know, I'll go over there. <laughs> and so I transitioned over there and worked in pay-per-view marketing and eventually worked in, we had a 900 number that people would call in to learn about what happened the night before on Nitro. Wow. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is all before social media. I mean, this is before, this is like late 90s. So, yeah. Oh, that know, was the time that I was actually interested too. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> yeah. And I was, I was just like this, you know, this young woman working in marketing and it was really fun. Um, it was a really interesting experience. Our, the wrestlers would come in in full garb sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. macho, macho man really did act like that in, in the (laughs) office that time. I mean, not all the time, but it was a really interesting environment. I got to travel around the country and go to events and just, just learned and saw so much. And I had got a really deep respect for the athletes and what they did to stay in shape and how they took care of themselves. And about the same time, I was kind of like um, entering the world of, you know, I want to, I want to go get into the gym and work on my physique and learn what that's all about. So I was kind of influenced by a lot of people in the health and wellness space in my mid to late twenties. And at the same time, I was like, what am I doing with my life? How did I get to be in professional yeah. wrestling? And do I want to keep <laughs> doing this? So I kind of was thinking a lot about the things that I enjoyed doing and the skills that I had. And I realized that I'd always been curious about why people do what they do. And at the time for me, the, mm. I wanted to go back to school. So I was looking at health education and behavior change. So honestly, I just applied to grad school and came to the University of South Carolina here in Columbia, South Carolina. And I started, that was 20 years ago, got my master's in health education and promotion and just got to work. And what I found was the people that really, truly needed the most help. I couldn't reach them because I didn't have the skill sets for counseling. 
So Mm -hmm. I realized that if I really wanted to help people and make an impact that I needed more education and I wanted to learn how to really, really help them and, you know, treat the symptoms more so than, you know, because there's a a root cause for why people do what they do. And I just was Mm -hmm. really always curious about that. At the same time in my life, I was going through some relationship issues with my then boyfriend. He's now my husband. And so that kind of sent me into seeking therapy. And I just fell in love with the process of therapy. And I knew after going through what I went through that I wanted to go back to school and be a therapist. And I picked marriage and family therapy because I've always been fascinated by families, um, come from a really interesting family myself, and always curious about why people do what they do. And that's really how I got into therapy. And, and I mean, I could just, you know, the story continues, of course. And I worked for a um, college counseling center for a little bit. I worked on a suicide prevention grant for a little bit. I wow. then, yeah, I then transitioned to an addiction recovery center. Um, and then back, um, we, we had a, um, my husband, one of my husband's good friends was one of the first killed in, um, operation Iraqi freedom. And that was in gosh, 2000, early 2000. And I realized then that I had it on my heart that I wanted to, um, somehow play my role and help this country. And I started to look for opportunities, um, in around 2009 that I could then work for the military and an opportunity opportunity presented itself and I went for it. So I've been working for the national guard, um, since then. And it's just been really rewarding. And, um, I'm humbled. I'm humbled every day by the folks that I get to support and the work that they do. Mm. So that's how I got here. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah. So by now you've actually had a couple of careers at this point, you know, both Mm -hmm. pretty different. Um, Mm -hmm. And even in in your therapy experience, I mean, you've had multiple hats. Tell me how you've, you know, going into as, as becoming a coach, which is again, another career that you're embarking on now. Tell Mm -hmm. me how you've been able to repackage, you know, what you got out of the the years in marketing and as a therapist into what you're doing today. Yes. Ooh, that is, that is a good question. And my brain is going in different directions with how to best answer that. So I'll just be 100% transparent and tell you guys that I hit burnout. Um, I've hit burnout multiple times over the past couple of years, and I've had to work really hard to like pick myself up and keep going. And what I realized about 18 months ago was that if I want to stay in this field, I have to come up with new ways to challenge myself. I couldn't keep doing the same things that I was doing because it would just I would hit that burnout again. And I didn't, I don't want to leave my job. I love my job. And I'm lucky with my job that I can kind of repackage my skills. Every couple of years, I'm able to do something different with it. So that's mm-hmm. been a, a blessing that I, at, at my job. And I realized that I was like, if I'm learning all these new skills at my job, and eventually I want to start my own thing, why don't I just take what I'm suited for with my strengths and just repurpose it and repackage it over here in like a different path, you know? <laughs> so that's, that's really been how I I viewed all of this is I'm very strength based. I look at what I can do well and I run with it. And <laughs> sometimes mm-hmm. I I run a little too fast and I get ahead of myself. <laughs> but with the um but with the life coaching, I knew that I didn't want to do the clinical counseling private practice, the typical stuff. Mm-hmm. Um I wanted to be able to because honestly, I'm only licensed in South Carolina to do therapy. 
So Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. open up, to be a life coach, then opens me up globally, really. And Mm -hmm. I, yeah, so I knew I wanted to do it online, online as well, have an online platform. So I just started to get creative and, you know, I started to think about who is the population I really want to work with. Um, I got really clear on the pain points that they struggle with. And um, I got really clear on, you know, who this is good for and who it's not good for. And I just decided to just jump in with it. Um, So I think out of my own necessity for survival in this field, I had to pivot. I really did. And um, at the core of what I do, I mean, and I do two things. So I have my life coaching that's, you know, it's getting up and running that's starting. But I also have my podcast and the podcast, The Therapy Show, is a it's a show for therapists by a therapist. So everything mm-hmm. on there on there is for for therapists. Um, and, and so my heart is to always because if I'm taking myself out of clinical work, it's not because I don't love the field. I always want to support the field and I believe in this field and I believe in the work that therapists do. I just didn't want to be the one doing that face-to-face clinical work anymore. So I said, okay, well, how can I, how can I continue to be in this and be a part of it? And I knew that I wanted to support other therapists and I want to give them the tools and the resources that they need to, you know, to, to be the best uh, therapist for their clients. So that's kind of how I've pivoted that side as well. And so some of my episodes are now continuing education contact hours for therapists. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just kind of pivoted in, in the different areas that um, excite me and I see as my strengths. Hmm. Love that. And, you know, that actually brings up something up, uh, else to mind is that when, you know, when I think of self-improvement, one of the things that I've realized over the years is that it kind of there's there's scale between say negative 10 to zero and then zero to 10 and therapists, you know, they work in the the negative side of things, not, mm-hmm. and, and, and generally speaking, coaches, they tend to work on, on the positive side of things. And what this means is, you know, a, a goal of a therapist is to get a patient back to standard working level, right? Mm-hmm. Whatever that right. means. And, and while a coach wants to get their client up to an optimal level, right? right. So mm-hmm. if you say that zero is like where everybody is, in the working world on an average, then the goal of a therapist is to get people back to that average. And then the, the coach wants to get them to their most abundant self as, as someone like yourself that has experience on both sides of the scale, you know, what are some of the common issues that you find across the board, whether it's someone that's in therapy and needs help or is someone that needs coaching and still needs help with something? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think first and foremost is I think everybody's doing the best they can. I I always would say the benefit of giving people they are doing the best they can with what they have. And so for a lot of people, um, when they come to counseling, you're right, like they they they've hit a bottom. Um, Maybe they've been diagnosed with, um, you know, uh, a mental illness. Um, They have trauma that they need to process from the past. Mm-hmm. So I totally hear what you're saying with that. I think with, um, but they're still doing the best that they can, you know, right, and right. we have to um, meet them where they're at now. Doesn't mean that they still don't want to have the best life possible for themselves. Like I always think like coaching, um, 
you know, live your best life, reach optimal and vibrant health, you know, it's doable in both. It's just going to look different depending on the person that presents. So it's more about the person that shows up and how they define success or how they define health or how, you know, and I think as a, as a, a counselor and as a coach, that's my job is to figure out, well, how do you want to move forward with your life? Mm-hmm. So in counseling, you're going to explore, you know, the, some of the stuff from the past, trauma, history, family experiences, meaning making experiences that they're bringing forward into their current situations that are keeping them stuck. So it's like this, you know, behavior pattern, mm-hmm. this thought pattern where a coach is like, yeah, that stuff from the past is really important. And yeah, you, we know it's there. But we're not here to focus on processing that. We're here on, you know, making a plan and moving forward and reaching goals. Um, so it's similar yet different, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think what's really interesting about what you're saying is, um, so I have several therapists in my circle that have pivoted towards coaching, just like mm-hmm. you have, because they lamented that their license the license of being a therapist restricts some of the work that they can do. And so they can see that there's a need and they want to help and they technically have the skills to help, but they aren't allowed to because of the licensure that they're under. And so then they'll pivot to coaching. And so now you have this amazing diverse toolbox Mm -hmm. at your fingertips that, that I think is very disruptive, but you know, that's what I do every day is look for disruptive people. Um, uh, and, and now you're here with your podcast, Mm -hmm. the therapy show. And so now you're working to help other therapists, um, and practitioners to understand the deep dive of techniques, um, and you're supporting their career or their choice to be in the career. Um, I'd love to talk more about how that came about, um, yeah. how you decided, like, I'm going to do this podcast as well. And the goal, like, what's your, what's the, like, what would be the the shiny star in the sky? If like you heard a story from a listener at one point, like, what would that be? Oh gosh. Okay. So mm-hmm. let me, so thank you for sharing that, um, Veronica. That's really interesting. And I do want to say that I think the big issue with the licensing board is that when we, when we are practicing therapy or counseling, we can only practice in the state that we're licensed in. So that's a lot of the headache when it comes Mm -hmm. to wanting to be able to branch out and offer, you know, our services to others. So it doesn't make sense for me to go get licensed in North Carolina because that's a lot of money and a lot of headaches and I got to jump through all their board and blah, blah, blah. Uh So um, that's probably what a lot of therapists are saying when it comes to licensure. Um, That's my guess. Now, when it comes to coaching, you're right. It's not it's not really regulated. So, I mean, anybody can, can do it, can say it. And we therapists, we, I'm just, and I'm speaking collectively and maybe I shouldn't do that, but the circles that I'm, the circles that I'm in, we're very hesitant. We don't want to, we don't want to do the wrong thing. We have these ethics that we live by our, our, our license is stated. So we're very careful about um, how we put ourselves out there because we're still held liable by our boards. No matter what we call ourselves, we have to be very, we have to, be very clear about what is coaching and what is counseling. And we have Mm. to kind of keep them separate. So Mm. there's a, there's a lot of that too. Um, now the podcast, um, it's funny how it came about is I'm just going to be honest with you guys. I have a friend who has, um, she's a a podcast host for a speech therapy, uh, professional development organization. 
And she had asked me to be on her show and she wanted me to talk about growing a personal brand on social media for healthcare professionals. And I was like, oh yeah, I can totally do that. Well, that interview never happened. <laughs> for oh. whatever, yeah, for whatever reason, <laughs> which is fine, you know, but it got me thinking about, well, there's this whole niche out there for speech therapists. Like, what do we have out there for, for counselors, for LPCs and LMFTs that's professional development and continuing education that's that's a podcast. And I started looking uh-huh. around and I was like, well, there's all these podcasts about how to market your pod, you know, your business, or there's all these podcasts where therapists have honed in on a niche about like anxiety, um, mindfulness, um, hypnotherapy, you know, for the masses, like they're calling out to everybody, sure. but I didn't really see or hear about other therapists that were creating shows for other therapists to help them get the clinical information or So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to create a podcast and I'm going to get some continuing education credits um, around the podcast episodes. Why not? Like, it's not a hard (laughs) thing to do. I can see you like donning your podcast tape, tape. like (laughs) I'm going to do it. I'm the one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I was like, I'm going to do it. Darn it. I'm going to be the one. So um, and I'm all about figuring things out. And, you know, I was like, well, what does my board require me to do to create continuing education? Okay, I'll just do that, but I'll do it on an audio file. And that's really how it got started because honestly, at the end of the day, I'm super busy and so are my peers and so are you guys. It's like, I don't really want to go get in the car and drive three hours and sit in a hotel room for six hours to listen to sometimes a really boring and uninspiring presenter. Um, And I don't want to sit in front of my computer anymore and watch a recorded webinar that makes me want to fall asleep. So how amazing that we have this medium now that we can listen in our car, we can listen while we work out, we can listen while we make dinner. And if anybody can listen to my show, and if they like the content and they want to get one hour of credit, they just go to my website, purchase it, and then they can take the quiz and get their certificate. Um, So I I just was like, I don't think anybody's doing this, so I'm going to do it. (laughs) No, it's so simple and it's so like modern, you know, Uh, definitely. you know, the therapy, therapy careers, but many others as well that have high, high amounts of regulation Mm -hmm. often don't come forward and use all the tools available to them in order to, um, like to do what you're doing where you're using your podcast in order to create CCEs. That's so innovative and, and totally, uh, within the realm of what we have available today technologically. Mm -hmm. Um, but oftentimes I see, I see industries fall behind Um, And so I love that you like just innovated and rocked that out. That's really, really great. Thank you. You know, it was really, really what hit me hard was last summer I was at a regional uh, conference for mental health and I was looking around the room and I was noticing the ages. So I call them the old guard. Like we have Mm -hmm. these these therapists that are like 65 plus who are like these master therapists, you know, they're like, you always want to go to them to get their, their feedback about a, you know, like how would you conceptualize this? Like, they're like the people in the room that you just, when they talk, you listen, you know, like these therapists. Mm -hmm. And then I was also looking at the other side of the room and I saw all these young, new, bright-eyed, eager therapists and they're on their phones, right? And I thought, I just, and then there's me, like Gen X, like, okay, I'm in the middle of all this looking around, like I'm in my career, I'm doing my thing. How do I... How do we bring this new technology into this profession, into this field? Because I agree with you so much that we're like a little bit behind the times. And um, 
it's, you see it in other professions too. I think oh, you're yeah. completely yeah. right. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, well, well, I'm going to be the one, I'm going to be that one that like, you know, starts to like, I'm going to build that bridge. You bridge because, the gap. Yeah. yeah. And your generation is actually perfect because you, yeah. like, you can see and respect the way mm-hmm. things have been done. And there are reasons that they have been done that way. They're mm-hmm. totally valid. But there mm-hmm. are tools at our fingertips now um, that, that could and should be leveraged with respect. Um, yeah. And so I love, I love it. Well, thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. In fact... Another good example is is the, the insurance industry. Oh my God! Like so mm-hmm. many regulations and so much history there. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's so boring to get co- continuing education stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally understand what you're saying there. So, you know, one of the things that we were actually connected. Um, one of the topics that I want to get to is that we are actually connected through my cousin who listens to your show. And mm-hmm. like you did, you know, she feels that she, she could be more productive and fulfilled by doing something else. And recently I've been sending her uh, some resources uh, about business, passive income, uh, other ways of self-improvement, all these different things. And and at the same, you know, at the same time, I, I realized that I'm actually kind of overdoing it at times because there's only so much data that someone can process if they're not in that industry, right? You, you know what I'm saying? So I just want to make sure that I'm giving her information that's sequential, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, and I imagine that being a therapist, when I'm, when I'm talking to her and I'm getting this, this, this feeling that, you know, a therapist, especially it takes a toll on your, your well-being over time. And, you know, same thing for a lot of jobs, I think, mm-hmm. but for many, by the end of the day, you know, so many people, they just want to de-stress, you know, they just want to relax or they just want to work out or, you know, whatever, whatever the form that looks like. You know, this past week I saw a quote that I I really want to get your thoughts about. Um, Mm -hmm. It says your nine to five pays the bills and your six to 12 builds your empire. Um, What, what, what would you suggest to someone who's, who's thinking about stepping out on their own? Should they wait until they have this runway so they can focus on whatever it is that their dreams are calling them to do, or should they figure out a way to actually start their business while they're doing their nine to five? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm going to take it into a little bit of a different direction. I think what's most important is to define their why mm. first. Mm-hmm. I think, I think defining the why is so important and it's something that a lot of people skip, mm-hmm. you know, um, yep. they, and I think that before we jump into anything, before you, decide what it's going to be. Define your why. Why do you want this? Like, why? Why is it? Is it because you realized that you want to have more time with your family? You realize that you can only make so much with your job. And so you want to bring in an extra stream of revenue. What would that do for your family? What would that look like for you? What would you do with that money? You know, I think you have to get really clear because that why is going to drive you on the days that you do not want to work mm-hmm. <laughs> on e- and either one of those things. Um, so I think it's most important is to define your why. And then yeah. from there, from there, um, you know, kind of reverse engineer it a little bit and say, well, how much, you know, if, if it's an income goal that you need or you want, how much do I need to make to add to our family's income? to leave my job, you know, like define what it is that you want to reach, like have, have a plan, you know, eyes wide Um, open. Yeah. Be Mm -hmm. and and you have to be honest there. And then I think from there, um, you have to figure out what is it that you're, 
well, I wouldn't want to say passionate or interested in, because I think that when we follow our passions, sometimes it doesn't always work out. You have to figure out what your skills are, what your strengths are. Um, and then, and then from there, you have to look at what it is that you do. What is it that you do? And what does your audience or your, the audience you want to reach, what do they struggle with and how can you help them? So I knew therapists, I mean, I talked to enough of them and enough of them tell me their eyes glaze over when they go to CEUs that I was like, oh, I'm, if my, I'm going to do this, I'm going to have fun with it. Like, I want it to be fun. I want them to feel connected to the presenter. I want them to feel like they have community. Um, the world's getting, you know, smaller because of technology, but at the same time, we're lonelier than ever. So how do we continue to build, you know, so that's kind of how my thinking went with it. Um, but I, I do, I do understand what you're saying. Um, so, you know, where do you start? Um, as you start with Simon Sinek says, you start with why, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. you know, I'm trying to think if there's other things I would add to that. Um, as I kind of, I don't know what I'm curious. What do you think? I mean, and I'm turning the tables a little bit, but I'd be curious to see what you <laughs> well, guys think. I, I can go on this for edge. I mean, this is probably what's going to be my, my book's going to be about is about this whole Ikigai thing and, and how in the world of education, uh, entrepreneurial education, it is, seems to be that they, they, all they do is cover the, the what, how are you, yeah. you know, like, this, yeah, is, this right. is, this is what you're going to, you know, do. And then you're going to buy a course and you're going to, you're right. going to listen to the, the how podcast. How to make a hundred thousand dollars Exactly. exactly. Without, okay. Yeah. So, so that's all good and interesting, but until you're covering the, you know, the purpose, the passion and, and your, your distinctive process, there's, there's no reason to even think about that because you don't know where you're at. You, you know, it's like they say, if you're, if you're lost mm -hmm. and you're trying to get somewhere, well, if you don't know where you're at, then it doesn't matter what information is told to you because you don't know how to connect where you're at to where you're wanting to go. If that, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. And, and so that, yeah, I'm totally on board with what you're saying is that you have to figure out what that personal mission is for sure. Yeah. Okay. And I even want to like, I think this is a really great segue into the whole topic of the show today, which is avoiding the burnout and taking care of yourself. Because uh, in my experience and the work that I do with my clients, the why helps keep you from burnout. So it, it, it motivates you through lower times um, and make sure that, you know, if you're, if you're having a bad moment, the why carries you through right? and not to say it overworks you through a bad moment, but it carries you through. So you don't crash what may be your life's work or your legacy. Mm -hmm. Um, but I want to, I want to, to kind of take a moment and recognize how unfortunate it is that a lot of us have to reach a breaking point in order to even yeah. get to a place of understanding how important self-care and work-life balance is, yeah. especially for entrepreneurs, but just in general. I mean, so many people these days are talking about burnout in their nine to fives, you know, so this is not an entrepreneurial problem. And mm -hmm. I'm kind of curious um, why you think it is that it's taking burnout for us to realize how to be healthy. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good question. I think because when, you know, we kind of go through the motions and when things are good, they're good. You know, mm -hmm. if I'm comfortable, I'm comfortable. I don't need to fix anything. It's not broken. But then something, something does happen 
or you know, we get to a point where we we just kind of stuff it or we shove it under the rug. We don't talk about it. Um, <clears throat> and then, you know, for me, and I'll just be honest, it's boundaries, like boundaries were really hard for me. And so when, you know, I go into something saying I'm going to have good boundaries, but then something happens, I get a phone call. Oh, it's okay. It's just this one time, you know, um, I'm taking this call. I'm not with my family. It's res- and then resentment can start to build up, right. you know? So I think that, um, you know, when we talk about being burnt out in our nine to five job, I'm always asking people, well, what's going on in your work? We'll come to find out, you know, they're answering emails when they get home. They're right. sitting in bed at night. They're doing work. And they they say the expectations are that, you know, this is what their boss wants. Right. You and, have to always be on. Yeah. And sometimes I wonder, really, is that what your boss wants? Or do you have this need to please, you know, or this mm-hmm. need to show how um, you, you're needed at your job? So I think it's. I think it's, I think while it's a big issue, I think it's so unique to that individual that um, it would take, you know, like coaching with you, Veronica, to like help somebody kind of figure out where's this burnout really coming from and how much are you allowing to happen in your life versus, you know, what you, what, you know, what you perceive to be uh, necessary in your job, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I love that. And so my background is anthropology. So, um, you're going to the individual level and my brain goes like, what societal mm-hmm. issue is happening here? I'm sorry. No, I think, I do think in society, we have this idea of busyness means productive mm-hmm. and, and busyness means importance. And that's kind of where we are in our society right now. I'm so busy. I'm, I'm hustling. I'm grinding. Well, are you productive and intentional and strategic in your busyness or are you just busy to be busy because it sounds good? Right. You know, so, yeah, I mean, I, I hear what, I totally get what you're saying. You know, it's funny that you, you bring up the term busy because a lot of people and they're not really conscious about when they're using it. But a lot of times when someone's busy, it's because their calendar is at the whim of someone else's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's true. You know, and it's just. Yeah when you use the word busy, that's kind of like what I'm hearing is that you're, you're not, you're not doing things that you want to be doing. Yeah. 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 You're subject to somebody else's goals. Yeah. Yep. Perhaps. Yeah. Um, and so that brings us full circle where we, at the very beginning of this podcast mentioned the irony that a therapist would have her own burnout moment. Um, and you're not the only one, obviously. I mean, I've definitely met plenty of therapists who, who get burnout. Um, even though we think of like outside of that, um, we tend to think of therapists and psychologists as the people who have it all together, mental health rise. Um, so how do you, how do you feel like your work with your podcast and with other therapists is helping to stem that tide so that, um, both entrepreneurs, um, and individuals as well as practitioners don't fall down that stress rabbit hole. Hmm. That was a good question. Once again, y'all have some good questions. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah. So for a long time, I didn't talk about my burnout because I was ashamed as a therapist. I was like, I should have this together. I should know better. I have right. the tools. I have the support, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to the gym. I'm eating healthy. Um, but really it, it is so much more than that. It's, it's, it's about time and the, um, the, res- the expectations of my time from other people, you know, oh, you're a therapist. Let me tell you all my problems. I'm like, uh, you know, I, I, right. didn't, I, didn't, I don't stop. I didn't stop people, you know, 
And so I've learned how to set my boundaries. And that's been the most important part for me for burnout is setting my boundaries and saying what I will do and what I won't do and being very firm with that, but yet also being very caring and compassionate. So for example, um, you know, if somebody, oh, you're a therapist, well, can I get your advice on something? Yes. Here's my number. Call me to make an appointment (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) because I, you know, I can't just like, I can't just be walking to the car with my kids and hearing your marriage problems and telling you what to do. That's um, like, that's kind of like, that's not cool. That's not fair to you. And that's not fair to me. You know, right. I'm, I'm, thank you for sharing with me what you're going through. I understand. And that sounds really difficult, but I can't, I can't help you right here by the side of the car. You know, it needs to be in a, in a situ a scenario where you're getting the best of me and, and I'm able to really, really help you. So Plus there's, you know, all mm-hmm. the confidentiality issues that come oh, into yeah. an ethics, right? Like you're in oh, a public yeah. place, there's distractions. How are you serving oh, yeah. them? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So th- there's that um, for sure. And I think that we therapists are not holding, I think for a long time, there's like this badge of honor, like, oh, I'm seeing 40 clients a week and oh, I'm working with all mm. these trauma victims. Like, oh, you're such a good person. Oh, you're such a good therapist. <laughs> well, you know what? I know that that therapist right there is probably like just dying under the weight of all of that mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. And yeah. at the same time, probably, you know, while we want to help people, we also want to get paid the value of our time. So I think it's really important, therapists listening, like really, really evaluate how much you charge. If it's working for you anymore, if it's serving you, are you just burning the candle at both ends? What do you need to reevaluate to to really stay in the game here and make this um, stay a, a helping professional? Because I think right. that's what happens is like we burn out and a lot of people work in agencies. And let me tell you, agencies don't pay a lot of money. Mm. And but the expectation is that you see eight, nine clients a day. Not only that, but those 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 specific clients have some pretty toxic situations that they're trying to work through. Right. Yeah. And of course, mm -hmm. I mean, like here I am a coach and I know I can only serve 10 clients at once, you know, total. And those contracts go for a while. And so I can't imagine 10 a day. Yeah. It's a, the model in itself is very medical, you know, it's Mm -hmm. a medical model when it comes to counseling, very medical. So, you know, I think the, and don't get me wrong, like those jobs, those people who are in those jobs, those, that's where you're going to really learn how to be a good therapist. You're going to cut your teeth in clinical skills in an agency working for mental health. You are going to. And then from there, you figure out what what your skills are and your strengths. And then you just, just from there, do what you need to do next. Um, and so it's that makes sense. I see a lot of therapists doing that. They don't stay in agencies forever, you know. They Or they move up into administration or management, so they're not doing so much clinical work. They they kind of go up and do different things, um, go into management, administration. So I love it, Veronica, that you're doing coaching and that you have 10 clients and you've got these these packages that probably last for months. You're able to give your your clients such great attention and you're really able to focus on them and helping them whatever it is that they want to do. Whereas mm-hmm. um, when you're paying um, a therapist for an hour, hourly rate, you're really getting what you need in that hour. There's no guarantee that person's going to come back. Um, you know, you hope they do because you see that you're making a plan, you're making a treatment plan with them, but they don't always come back or they cancel on you and you've got that hour and you know, you're, you're out of money. So, um, it's stressful. There's a lot of things that go into it for a therapist. 
Um, and I, you know, a lot of us, at least when, where I went to grad school, our dreams were to be in private practice and hang a shingle up and be in private practice. And, you know, come to find out that's not all it's cracked up to be either, depending on the, the different routes that you go. So I think, and here I am like talking about my peers, but I think that, and it's the same thing with, I talk to doctors, I talk to nurses, I talk to person, um, physical therapists, pharmacists. Mm-hmm. You, you just hit a point where sometimes you just want to take your skill set and do something different, but stay within your field. So coaching is great. Continuing education is great. E-courses, group memberships, write a book. Um, gosh, like there's so much out there now that because of technology we have at our fingertips that we can create on our own. It's really fun to think about. Um, but the whole burnout thing is I, we're just starting to talk more about it in our field. I'm seeing these, um, conferences and workshops coming up talking about burnout and Mm -hmm. why the usual stuff doesn't work. What do we really need to be doing differently? Um, so I'm really curious to see where, where this goes for, um, for therapists. You know what? Yeah. Because we're just kind of starting to catch up to it. <laughs> it's fun. Ironically, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what's got you excited besides these uh, interesting conferences that are coming up? What's got you excited for the rest of the year? Oh gosh, what's got me excited? Oh gosh, show me things. So my coaching, I'm going to launch my coaching packages coming up Yay. here in the next couple weeks. So I'm really excited. And just so you guys know, um. I really I'm focusing on I'm calling it your best midlife coaching. <laughs> so I focus on women 35 and up who are unfulfilled in careers and their work. They want more um, meaningful work. They want healthier and better and stronger connections with their family and their friends and also focusing on helping women attain optimal and vibrant health. Whatever that looks like for them doesn't mean that they have to be a certain you know bikini size or or reach a certain weight, but really what does it mean to feel confident in your skin moving into midlife? So yeah. that's, that's what I'm really, really excited about is getting that going. Um, of course, I'm super excited about my podcast and bringing on some more guests and creating more continuing education around um, topics that therapists are wanting to hear about. And yeah. um, from that, just, you know, freeing up my time and being able to uh, eventually, my goal by the end of this year, I'm saying it out loud, is to leave my full-time job so I can design, you know, my life, my work around my family. That's that's really my number one priority and and goal is to be there for my family, um, you know, and design my design my working career around them because I'm very active. Children and my husband, we have just things we want to do, and um, and I think it's 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 happening. You know, it's just, this is going to be the year that, you know, everything mm-hmm. kind of comes together. 2020 baby. Yes. <laughs> 2020 baby. I love it. I love it. So as we're about to wrap up, boys going into uh-huh. the rapid fire segment session and this okay. particular session, you don't have to necessarily answer the questions quickly. We're just going to give you the questions quickly. So okay. <laughs> first, for, <laughs> so the first okay. question is, what are three of your favorite influential podcasts? Ooh, okay. Um, I love Gold Digger podcast by mm-hmm. Jenna, Jenna Kutcher. I love Practice of the Practice by Joe Sanok. And I also love, well, you guys are great. Angles um, uh, of Latitude, for sure. You guys, gosh, I mean, some really good, some episodes I've listened to. So yeah, I'll just leave it with those for right now. 
Appreciate it. Love it. Love it. Yeah, you're welcome. It's good stuff. So good. What are your three top favorite books to gift or tell others about? Ooh, um, maybe you should talk to someone by Lori Gottlieb. I interviewed her on my show and I really, have you read that book? No. Oh, I think you'd like it, Veronica. Um, so maybe you should talk to someone by Lori Gottlieb really kind of helped me reading that book. I didn't want to read it because it's about therapy. (laughs) Um, and I was like, I don't want to read this book. I'm burnt out. I don't even want to touch anything that looks like work. But when I opened up, when I opened up the cover and read it, I started crying because I was like, if this is, this is my people, like she gets me. So I, I read that book. I've read it twice now. It's so good. And it really has helped me stay in the game and get creative on how I want to repackage my skills and, and, you know, move forward. So I love that book. Um, I'm also reading Designing Your Life, How to Build a Well-Lived, Joyful Life by Bill Burnett and Dave Evans. So this one's really cool. It's kind of like a, um, a framework for life coaching, sort of, kind of. They're um, engineers who are life coaches, which is crazy, but it's really, um, it's really neat. And what's my other book? Um, or what have I recently read? Oh, I know. Um, Untangled, which is a book about, um, young women, teenagers and connecting and understanding, um, young girls these days. It's really good. And the author is Lisa. I think it's Dia Moore. I have that right. It's in the other room, but it's called Untangled. It's really good. Okay. I have two, we have two girls. Speaking of young girls and boys, what message is out there that is a disservice to youth? Um, pursue what makes you happy. Go after what makes you happy. Look, mm. happiness is important, but you gotta, you have to learn to deal and cope with all of your emotions. Um, and we have to learn how to talk about our emotions with our kids. So when I hear people say, I just want you to be happy. Of course I want my children to be happy, but I also want them to know how to deal with something that doesn't, doesn't feel good and that they can, they can be sad. They can be hurt. They can be, um, all those things, you know? Yeah. So I think when we just focus on making our kids happy or pursuing happiness all the time, we're really doing them a disservice, um, because we're not talking about the other feelings that come up and those conversations are so important to help our kids grow and evolve into healthy humans adults Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. definitely if every entrepreneur was given a guide to being creative handbook on their first Mm -hmm. day filled with brutal honesty and accompanied with illustrations (laughs) what would be something you'd find in it uh you're gonna have to try different things and and be open to failing or not like just keep trying new things and eventually something is going to work for you, but you can't give up. Um, and the trying of the new things, because I always say like different isn't always better, but better is mm. always different. You know what I mean? Like, so what yeah. I'm, what I'm hearing is don't be afraid to be the Thomas Edison experiment and don't yeah, totally. worry about right. the results. Right. And don't worry about it. If it, if it, if it fails, like just use it as a way to figure out, how you want to, to learn. change it or yeah. grow through it, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. Absolutely. And final question, what's the secret mm-hmm. to achieving personal freedom? What is the secret to achieving personal freedom? Staying true to your 
highest values and priorities and living them authentically and congruently. Mm. And you can't care what other people think. Mm. You can't. You can't let them, you know, dictate how you should live your life. Get off of social media and stop comparing yourself to others. Anyway, no. Or, <laughs> well, that too. Yeah, that too. That's going to be a hard one to sell, though. But that too. <laughs> Well, Elise, you th- thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Again, your website uh, is elisamustard.com. And where can people find you on the socials? You can mainly find me on the Facebook. Um, that's kind of where I hang out the most. I am on Instagram, The Therapy Show with Lisa Mustard. I also have an Instagram page for like health and wellness, Lisa Active Life. And I'm on LinkedIn, Lisa Mustard. And then my show, my show, it'd be great if if folks wanted to listen and give me feedback. I'm always, um, you know, good, bad, and different feedback is very helpful. Awesome. And again, that yeah. is the therapy show. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Okay. Well, again, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for your yeah, time. Yeah. Thanks for being on the show. You guys are great. I've so enjoyed it. Thank you. And thanks for asking such great questions. This is, this is awesome. So there you have it. Remember, if you feel like you need to talk to someone about something you're currently going through in life, do so. It's nothing to feel shamed about. You know, we all get stuck from time to time. And to be honest, I know I did during the later parts of my undergrad years before I really started doing the work to figure out who I was and what my own strengths were. And uh, it was because I had those initial meetings that I started getting more clear and uh, actually started setting the the way for, for me to start doing my own personal work. Um, and that said, if you're a fellow therapist and would like to check out Lisa's show, I'll have the link to that in the show notes at newinceptions.com slash 167. In the show note extras of this session, I have a few videos that pan over the expertise that Lisa has acquired over the years. And in the first couple of videos, we get a bit of advice from her marketing side. Uh, in the first one, she shares with us how we can be more productive during our time on Facebook. And then the next video, she discusses the future of social media with Zach Hedges from his company, Prebuilt Marketing. If you're wanting to learn more about AI and how it's playing a role in the marketing in the future, then this talk is certainly for you. Uh, Then going back to her work she's currently doing, I have an interview of hers with Sergeant Chelsea Baker and Sergeant Tim Andrews of the South Carolina National Guard. And in the chat, they talk about the topic of being deployed and what that does to everybody involved over the holidays. Uh, Finally, we wrap up this session's extras with a conversation she has with Jeffrey Kirshner about couples having better communication in their relationships. And uh, yeah, definitely cannot overstate the importance of that. So uh, if you guys are having a little bit of issues there, check out that conversation. Again, you can find all of those show note extras at newinceptions.com slash 167. But that's it for this session. Remember, if you're looking for a resource that will help you go the right direction in life based on who you are as a starting point, check out the resource Uncover Your Personal Mission. And you can find it at newinceptions.com slash personal mission guide. So that's it for session 167. Thank you again for spending a little bit of time with us today. As always, we appreciate you guys joining in. And until next session, dig in. Have fun and take care and whatever you're creating. And we'll see you here next time. Thanks for listening to the Angles of Latitude podcast. Connect with us at home, at work, 
or on the go at facebook.com slash new inceptions, on Twitter at new inceptions, Instagram at new dot inceptions, and on the web at newinceptions.com.